Well, bless your heart and welcome to the Revive Podcast. I'm Carrie, pastor of Connection and Discipleship here at Neighborhood Church. Thanks for joining us. Each week we create and curate resources to help people thrive in Christ. And it's all found at neighborhoodchurch.com slash revive. Today I'm back here again with Pastor Mike. Hello. Hey, good to have you, Mike. And once again joined by Pastor Justin, too. Good to be here. Excellent. And I'm really excited to invite a special guest onto the podcast this time, Susan Peterson. Susan, good to have you. Thanks. Good to be here. Awesome. Susan leads uh, our Bloom Women's Ministry and helps with our missions and just a whole bunch of things around the church. And so it's really exciting to have her on the podcast today. Welcome, Susan. Um, Before we dive into our discussion again today, we always love to encourage you to pause the audio and and read the passage that we're going to be based on out of scripture. So we are in Luke chapter 10, Luke 10, and uh, you can read all the way from verse 25 to the end of the chapter, verse 42. You may recognize the parable of the Good Samaritan and also the episode of Martha and Mary. So pause the episode here, read those passages, and then come back and dive into our discussion here as we go into them a little bit deeper. Um, We're going to look first at um, the the Samaritan story is one that we kind of use periodically. Oh, someone, he or she was a good Samaritan to her. Um, I'm just going to punt to you, Justin, right away and say, what is the relevance of talking about the good Samaritan before we get to Mary and Martha? How are those even related? Yeah, yeah, it's funny because those are two, you know, great stories that uh, we don't necessarily associate with each other, right? I don't ever remember in Sunday school learning them on the same Sunday. Uh, They seem to be pretty drastically different lessons, but um, I noticed in my Bible that right after chapter 10, verse 37 comes chapter 10, verse 38. They just flow one to the next. It was amazing, the things they don't teach you in seminary, and so I remember teaching, learning this, or teaching through this years ago, and I'm like, these are odd passages to put together um, in the sense of we see the Good Samaritan really saying, hey, give yourself, spend yourself in service for others, And then we see Mary and Martha in the very next verse, and it seems to be, hey, Martha, put the towel down and come sit at Jesus' feet. And and so it it didn't make sense to me at first of, it's almost whiplash, you know, in the sense of, hey, serve, 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 now don't serve. And and really, it, it has come to, I've put it together in the sense that this whole thing starts with the Good Samaritan, someone asking Jesus, hey, what does it mean to be right with God? And he says, well, you know, and he's, yeah, yeah, I do. It's love God, love neighbor. And then they goes into the, well, then who's my neighbor? And it goes down that trail, which is, you know, the good Samaritan sacrifice serve. Um, even if it's those people you're not particularly fond of, you serve those who are in need. And then I feel like with the Mary and Martha story, it's getting back to that first part of the, the great command is love God. Um, and that Martha needed to kind of reprioritize not that she was doing anything bad. She was very much on that Samaritan vein of serving and doing so, so much. She was frustrated with her sister, (laughs) Um, Mm. you know, but um, that it's, it's rounding out that picture of loving God and loving others because we're so deep in that loving other part with the, with the good Samaritan. So, and I just love that those go together. Um, So I, I, uh, yeah. Yeah, There's another piece that, that goes together. I think with along this with is that Jesus has always been, one who pushes against cultural norms that are not in line with the father, not in line with God and God created people and, and he designed Psalm 139. He knit us together inside of our mom and, 
and we're all fearfully and wonderfully made and all uniquely made, what, regardless of what ethnicity or what gender you happen to be. God has created us that way. And I love how he takes, uh, as Luke pulls out of this, how Jesus takes his story and he makes the hero of the story somebody who would be ethnically looked down upon by the Jewish audience that was li listening. I, I can imagine when they said, and long came a Samaritan. And you can imagine the audience going, ooh, boo, boo, you know, because they hated Samaritans. Like they would actually go around Samaria to get to a straight line instead of going through Samaria. But Jesus, you know, he went right straight through Samaria and did a lot of miracles. Some of the first he did were in, 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 in Samaria. And, and, then, and then again, the story of Mary and Martha, which unfortunately the, the, the culture of that day, and even some to this day, they, they tend to devalue uh, women and children and, and all of that. And, and, and Jesus now lifts up two, uh, and, and Luke pulls it out, two examples of women who were incredible. Yeah, Martha had her issue, but she also did something very amazing of welcoming Jesus into her life and into mm. the place where she lived. And, and he was elevate them, especially a Mary too, that was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And, and I love how, how <clears throat> Jesus does that. And a lot of times we need to check our cultural uh, norms here against and making sure they're in line with scripture in line with God. And, and I think we tend to devalue uh, even sometimes in, in, in innocent ways we think, but yet it actually hurts people when we look down on another ethnicity or, or someone who's different than us in some way. Yeah, I, I hear it. I agree. And, and it's interesting because with all that our world is experiencing in so many different ways, whether it's a uh, race, gender, culture, whatever, it, it, it's so it's so important even now more than ever to keep in mind what Jesus said, the two greatest commandments are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and to love one another as you love yourself. And I know, again, with all that we're experiencing, those things are it's so important to identify and listen and to hear one another. And it's, and it's so much more important if I can phrase it like that, to really focus in on loving God and loving one another and what that really looks like. Because of course there's gender and there's class and, and, and women and all that. But most importantly, it's loving people as people. It's loving one another, who they are, reaching out to where they're hurting and reaching out and, and, and simply quote unquote, loving them. Right. Mm. And, 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 and taking into account their uniqueness, yeah. because that uniqueness gives them a, a unique vantage point. And, uh, and I think that that's to celebrate the uniqueness of people, but yet also see them as individuals. Excellent point. I, I love that, Susan. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's been like a really refreshing in reading the scriptures as the years go by that like that it's not necessarily like we're just taking uh, you know, a trendy or PC version of diversity training or something, and then putting it on the scripture. Like Jesus really believed that, um, that all human beings had intrinsic value as image bearers of God. And so it's not like he, he's taking a trend of having to you know, make sure he's got a diverse team or thing. He just, he saw the true value of whoever he bumped into, built a team around himself of 12 disciples. And lo and behold, it ended up having a, uh, you know, a tax collector who is sympathizing with the Roman oppressors and a radical zealot who wanted to overthrow them you know, with violence. And it also had, you know, blue collar fishermen and, and it had all sorts of different followers that he collected. And it's neat to see that in this, in this little vignette where Mary and Martha are here, that it didn't just include men either. Um, so it's pretty cool that like we could call Jesus progressive, maybe that he had was so, uh, 
ahead of his time, I don't know, to, to invite all these people into, into his circle as disciples. Um, and yet Jesus, because he's coming from God's perspective, was actually way ahead of the game of any of our cultures. <laughs> and he sets a great paradigm for us to follow in. Absolutely. I mean, didn't they call Jesus radical? Because that's exactly who he is. He turns everything up on its end. And there's a reason for that, because we get so stuck in our own cultures and our own brains and even our own little Southern California culture without realizing that isn't what he means. It's finding out Jesus's definition for loving one another and reaching out to them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think I'm so just helped when it's like, keep going back to scripture. Like, you know, with this culture can say this, this worldview can say that this country can say this, who's right, which culture, which age is right. Go back to scripture. Well, and that's the problem with, with us human beings with a sinful nature is that we tend to think that we're right. <laughs> And, and yet it's, it's, it's where we need to keep going back to is going back to the truth of God's word and the, the authority and um, value of scripture and let that be the thing that shapes us, not our culture, but yet, yet let, let God shape us and let him and his truth shape us that, that, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, each single one of us, uh, and that we are a, 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 a valuable enough for Jesus to die for every single one of us. And um, yeah, yeah, it's just so important. Yeah, as we dive kind of a little further into this Mary Martha vignette, part of this passage, um, one of the questions I had was, you know, who's Mary? Like we've got Martha, Martha, Martha over here, but then what's going on with the, is this like the Virgin Mary is mom sitting, hanging out, listening to him or what, what's going on? Oh, there's a lot of Marys in the New Testament narrative. So there's Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary and Martha. And I think there's a few other Marys uh, in there, but uh, uh, Mary and Martha were <clears throat> the sisters of Lazarus whom Jesus raised. And if you want to read that, John chapter 11, I believe it is um, an incredible um, story of Jesus raising someone from the dead. I just love that story. It shows so much of the humanness of Jesus as when he gets there, he weeps over them, seeing the the, the, the hurt of that uh, from Mary and Martha and, and the others around them. And, and he loved Lazarus too, and just saw the whole pain of that, but yet calls mm. him forth out of the grave and tons of people were there, including the Pharisees. And that's when they said, we have got to get rid of this guy. He is too powerful. He's too legit. He's just, uh, he's going to take every, is it that, I think the phrase is we will lose everything if we don't take care of him. In other words, mm. if they don't eliminate him. Yeah, it's interesting to see that in in that passage, John 11, that raising Lazarus does lead to that kind of pivotal moment in the chapter in, in the Gospel of John, where suddenly Jesus is public enemy number one and things are moving undefined, unmovably towards the cross at that point. Um, it's interesting that in chapter 12, um, we see Mary and Martha one more time. They're hanging out with Lazarus, who's been recently raised from the dead. And he's like, hey, cool, I'm alive. I want to have a good meal again. So here they are having a meal. And here's Martha serving again. And here's Mary here again. And she brings um, this uh, expensive perfume to put on Jesus' feet. And so we see another, another example of Martha and Mary kind of serving and loving and trying to worship Jesus in, in their own kind of specific perspectives that they come from. Yeah. Um, so if you want to read John 11, that's uh, the one that Mike was referring to there. And uh, John chapter 12, some good backgrounds on Mary and Martha. 
let's jump back into Luke chapter 10, though, because I think there's some interesting things going on here. We've got uh, Martha's serving her brains out, trying to be hospitable to Jesus. And then it seems like that's not as good or, or Mary's the one that gets honored for just hanging out with Jesus and not doing any of the work. So what's going on there? Well, I think, I think it's important to um, first start out that Martha did something incredible right there. And it's, and it's, it's very uh, biblically sound and takes all the way back to the Bible book of Leviticus chapter 19, but it, it, it's Mary welcomes Jesus into her home. And I, I don't want not want Martha to be all sold out that she, all she was, was, you know, hurried around serving and didn't do what Mary did. I mean, that's true, but she, but she welcomed Jesus in. She was the one who said, Hey, Jesus, come into where I live. And I think that's important to be able to talk about that, her hospitality. There's a, and I, and I know I will mispronounce this word because speaking Greek really is Greek to me, but there is the Greek word for it. And I think you were saying it's philozena and it translates as to the love of strangers. And I mean, that, that is that, what a gift that is such a gift because it's not just saying, Hey, come on over and let's hang out, but you're welcoming somebody into your home and your home is personal. So when you're welcoming somebody into your home, you're also welcoming them really into your heart, into your life. And Martha had such a gift of doing that. And there's other places in the Bible where it talks about having the gift of hospitality. First Peter four, nine says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. I thought, Ooh, without grumbling, I can offer hospitality, but without that grumbling thing, that might be where I miss up a little bit. (laughs) That's key. And then Romans 12, 13 says, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. And Romans 12, 6 through 7 says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is serving, then serve. And I, I just, I love Martha. I, you know, she, she does get the short end, I think sometimes, but what a gift she had, first of all, in simply offering hospitality and saying, and coming in and in that taking them in, it's, she fed them and nothing against you guys love you guys i think sometimes the brunt of hospitality can land on a woman in doing the shopping and the preparing and the cleaning and doing all that kind of stuff so it's it's a lot for her to take on but she did it and i know in this particular passage i think somewhere where she missed the mark sometimes might be that grumbling part (laughs) and also it's on the the attitude because that that is really important is, is how we serve yeah, I, I want to, and those passages are awesome, Susan. And I do, let me, let me just go back to the, the Leviticus 19 passage, because there's some really interesting things in there that it's kind of put in the negative, but it, but it says, you know, that, that you're not to, you're actually to be generous. Don't just, don't clear all your land of all the crops, leave some for the poor. So be generous to people. That's how we be hospitable. Another way is to, 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 to give and to not steal uh, and don't lie to one another. And then there's be a truth teller to people uh, and don't, uh, don't make false vows with people, but actually do some, you know, be honest and, and trustworthy and truthful. Uh, you know, if you're hiring somebody, pay them the, the right wage. Don't try to, you know, kind of undercut them and things like that. And, and all those kind of things that are, that are going on there, fear God in that, uh, you know, and, and, and seek justice. Those are, those are important things. That's how we show uh, hospitality in those particular ways. And then he sums it up in verse 18, when he says those same words, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, it's, that's mm. re- really where Jesus got the phrase for Matthew 22, when he said that whole thing, or in, in uh, uh, earlier on uh, in Luke, I mean, in, in, in the passage that we're looking at too. And so 
it's it's wow. that way it was there the whole time yeah. dun 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 <laughs> it's like jesus is god and it's always been part of his character all of eternity <laughs> it's wonderful i i think it's so fun to hear all these different examples of hospitality woven throughout the old and new testament and i i think it's just a challenge to hear too that uh that uh that philoxena or philoxena verse it comes out of romans 12 13 and it means to love strangers or outsiders like you were saying susan like what a challenge for us today that those pe people that are different than us that we consider outside of our group that we're even called in scripture to love those people um in in and that's what hospitality can look like what a, what a cool challenge and as we've been socially distanced for a year, the the Xena has uh, extended, right? That uh, mm. there's more and more who are, our, our bubbles have shrunk in many ways. And so there's, and, and probably it's needed more than ever for those who don't have a strong support system who are, um, yeah, that, that we've got to renew that, our energy in, in doing that um, for the sake of so many people who are, on the fringe or weary and um, they could have been longtime friends who we've just lost contact with but uh, particularly those who don't have a, a strong social network and a real social network not an online one but a, a strong real social network we we uh this is a good encouragement it doesn't have to be stranger stranger um you know a samaritan kind of stranger it can be very much someone who uh because our bubbles have shrunk over the last year to just reconnect with people and, uh, and help them, um, you feel the love really, um, and, for lack of a better term. Yeah. And unfortunately that, that this is where we have, you know, and even the Jewish, uh, community, uh, in old Testament times kind of skewed this idea of hospitality with this idea of separation. <clears throat> in other words, that, you know, that we're supposed to be separate from other people because we're so holy and we're God's chosen people that we should be separate. And yet, you have to, yes, we're to be separate in thought and mind of not taking on the world's values and, 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 the, and world culture in that regard, but we're to be still hospitable. And if I had my dissertation, I could pull out the part where I talked about the, the word in, uh, in, Greek, or in Hebrew there, but it, it's, it's very similar in that, that God's intent for us from the very beginning was to be inclusive and engaged in our community. And that includes those who are, are strangers. I'm thinking, uh, I think I'm going to make a bumper sticker that says uh, xenophilia, not xenophobia. Do you guys think that would catch on real quick? It might do something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think <laughs> nobody would understand. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'll, I'll scrap that one. But this has been really good, you guys. Um, I'm thinking again about, um, you know, here we have Martha and Mary, and they're kind of juxtaposed oftentimes as we are told this story. Um, what, what, can, what is commendable about Martha? It's been so nice to see her hospitality. Also, um, I think it's interesting that she comes to Jesus um, in her uh consternation um and i think susan you'd mentioned something earlier about that do you want to elaborate on it a little more yeah i i love martha i'm just gonna say that because i relate to her on so many levels but one of the things i mean even in this passage and um in, in the luke passage when she first of all she has a sister so if anybody else has a sibling you can understand sometimes when that sibling you don't feel like they're doing their fair share you know there's That's a little right. bit perhaps of, of that going on <laughs> but when she does all this you know she said lord don't you care and i just thought 
that is, you know, Mike, I loved your sermon on Sunday, how you brought that out. It was, you know, she was saying, hey, what the heck? On the other hand, how wonderful that she had such a deep connection with Jesus and was so honest with him that she could lay it on the table and say, and she wasn't doing it in a, in a mean way, but Lord, don't you care? She, she had that kind of relationship, which is the one that we desire with Jesus to be able to be so honest to him, not to go away from him, but to go to him and say, Lord, this is how I'm feeling about things. Where do I go with it from here? And she wasn't shying away from that. And I laid on the table. We have that opportunity, that very same thing with Jesus. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, with that, I think one of the things I talked about was in my sermon was the idea of priorities, because I kind of did a little, little different tack than Cyprus, where I talked about making worship a priority. So you, you have that. And I think that connects with what you're talking about, Susan, of coming, you know, authentically to Jesus, right? And so one of those things I talked about was that we just need to make a priority to worship, you know, and, and, and sometimes that's as simple as putting your phone down or throwing it in a lake or whatever it might be, you know, like <laughs> there's some things that are really very, you know, built for our addiction that keep us from that priority of worshiping. But other times it's really good stuff. Martha's doing a good thing here. It's just not the better part, right? You know, is, is the language there. It's, it's not bad. It's just not better. Um, and I, so I think, you know, we need to sometimes priorities in terms of making worship a central feature of our life is, is, stuff that's not healthy but other times it's very good like we need to work or we're not gonna eat or we're not gonna have a place to live those things that are really hard to um just blow off um and so you know we need to find out ways to prioritize that so we talked a little bit about creativity of of different ways and different ways in terms of using technology positively to engage with god differently like different apps um, things like that. Um, and also like, you know, I, it was Mother's Day. So we were talking about, you know, like maybe you have to swap uh, childcare with friends <laughs> so that you can have some sanity, you know, and, and alternate mm. uh, that type of thing. But yeah, I, I think it's definitely a, a, a we want to be able to come to Jesus um, authentically and over anything. And, and that I think is something that's cultivated. This, this wasn't the first time Martha met Jesus, you know? So this is something that is an ongoing, it's comes out of a strength of relationship and that relationship doesn't get strong unless it becomes a priority for us. Mm -hmm. yeah. and it's interesting as you say all that too, Justin, I was thinking that what we can do because Jesus responds to us like this too, is he didn't look at her impatiently. He didn't look at Martha impatiently or with disgust. He didn't tell her that what she was doing was unimportant. And, and he didn't agree with her either, you know, or mm -hmm. sympathize with her, which I think is all important. So what he did is he called her by name because he said, Martha, Martha. And if anybody's watched the Brady Bunch, we always think of Marsha, Marsha, right? But he said, Martha, Martha, he goes, you are so worried and upset. So he, he directed, he understood her and he, he, he said, I, I get where you're coming from. And then he also, so he acknowledged what was truly in her heart. And then he gently, but firmly redirected her to the one thing that was important and that's himself and that is an awesome thing to kind of land on with both in my opinion both Martha and Mary that story <laughs> yeah and and it's it's uh I love the compassion of Christ in that way 
he doesn't come to condemn and to you, you know, didn't do this right. And he just, <clears throat> you can almost just picture the love and just the love in his eyes, just looking at her, Martha, Martha, you know, and, and he, you're anxious. I, I, I feel you. I see you. I see you. I get what you're at, but Mary has definitely chosen something that is a good thing. And I, I just want to pull that out is that, you know, Ma Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and, um, and I know you can say, well, Mary had something with Jesus' feet, you know, doing the hair thing and that, but, but it, <clears throat> it was a humility that she had a definite humility to sit when you sit at someone's feet, those words were well chosen because Mary sat in a humble state and just wanted to soak in the truth of Jesus, whatever Jesus said was golden to her. And she wanted to take in every word that he said and apply it to her life. And boy, that's a posture that we should take and, uh, and uh, a posture that we should look at and let the words of Christ really soak into our life <clears throat> taking times as we listen to sermons or podcasts or, or reading God's word on our own to let those words soak in and ask those deep questions. God, what do you have for me today? How does it work in my own life? What are some things that I can apply what you've just taught me? And how could I, how then shall I live in light of all of this? And I think if we go it that way and not try to look to gain an experience or try to gain this in great insight so that we have more head knowledge and our head swells, but to be able to really take in that and humbly say, Lord, how can I apply this to my life? Amen. Yeah. And I think with this, with what we see from Mary, Mary is incredibly inefficient as well, um, that there's stuff that needed to be done. Um, and she put priority on worship. And I think, I don't know, I, I find myself when it's time to work, it's time to work. And I can put things aside and not, um, I can leave Jesus out of it. And I think that's why it's so critical to start with that worship and to be in his presence and you know, kind of the way I round things out is, okay, so we talked about some tactical ways to put worship at the top of our to-do list, but why would we do that? You know, like when there's things to do, there's, you know, lunches to be made. I've got a really stressful meeting later today. I need to figure out how I'm going to approach that. And, and, you know, the, what Mary does is she starts with worship and that, that centers us, that focuses us so that we go into those meetings or we go into the mundane things that we have to do that day and they have meaning, they have purpose. We, we're, we, have, we understand that we're not going into it alone, that the Holy Spirit's dwelling in us and it, it can reshape how we approach our day. And if we have enough of those days that are reshaped, it really reshapes our life. Um, and so, uh, you know, back, almost back to that priority thing of that's how the Good Samaritan, you know, that's how we live a good Samaritan life is because we've lived a merry life um, and that we're willing to step mm. into those moments. Um, and, mm. and yeah, it's often not efficient, but it's ultimately the best way uh, to be looking like Jesus when it all, when it all shakes out. Yeah, man, this has been a really good conversation. You guys, thanks so much for all your insights. Yeah, I had never thought about how the good Samaritan and Mary Martha were so attached in this way and just how much good application there is in these passages. So man, super grateful to have you guys here. Um, this has been really fun. Um, thank you, especially Susan, for joining us uh, first time on the podcast here. Special shout out to Bob Kaler, also our awesome audio tech who edits each of these episodes. And thank you, each one of our audience members, for joining us here on the podcast listening as well. If you found this episode helpful, share it with a friend and keep reviving your soul by subscribing to this Neighborhood Church podcast on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. 
And to learn more about all the topics we've talked about today and even more, check out neighborhoodchurch.com slash revive again. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and the Neighborhood Church of Cyprus and Neighborhood Church of Los Alamitos YouTube channels. And if you have any questions, write us, Carrie, K-E-R-R-Y at neighborhoodchurch.com. Love to answer any questions you have. We hope you can join us next time. Until then, we pray that God revives your soul. And if you're a mother, we hope you had a wonderful Mother's Day. And if you've listened this far in the podcast, we'd love to offer you a free Neighborhood Church mug at our Welcome Desk on Sunday. So come check us out.